0: Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today.
1: The following podcast is equivalent to a TVMA rating, thanks to the author's strong and frequent use of adult language and
2: graphic recollection of her sexual escapades. We strongly advise listening alone or with an extremely open-minded, politically incorrect companion, such as a gay bestie.
1: Welcome to another episode of How Bitches Are Made in Quarantine, where your hosts, Rachel Melvin
2: and Kevin Barrett.
1: What up dudes? What's going on girl? Dudes and bitches. <laughs>
2: <laughs> What's a dude bitch?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, know what, I know what a nude bitch is. Ooh. Welcome listeners, if you're new, if you're joining us for the first time, Hi, thanks for, for tuning in and if you're a returning listener, thank you so much for your support. I always want to remind everybody that our introductory mini-sode is available, and it's a very quick listen, and it summarizes the cycle of how a bitch is made, so it'll help you further understand the concept while joining me on my journey of becoming a bitch and following us along on several references that we make to becoming a bitch while we talk about being in quarantine. Um, this week's topic is the effects quarantine has on our friendships. I've been feeling that. I've been really wanting to do this episode for a few weeks now.
2: Yeah. Well, you haven't got to talk to your friends as much as...
1: I, I know. We had visitors this weekend, which was really, really nice. It was, it was nice, nice to see people.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And relax. Sometimes I kept saying, my,
1: out. I feel like we're staying at an Airbnb, which has been so nice. i never gotten to enjoy my house that
2: way. Uh, we are staying at an Airbnb. We are,
1: but... Yeah. I've never, like, utilized my amenities and stuff like that. So Should that we really pay fun. ourselves for this, though?
2: Or give Airbnb a percentage?
1: <laughs> yeah. No, we'll get arrested and fine. We <laughs> oh, can't Oh, that's do that. right.
2: Yeah, let's not do
1: um, that. So, last week, if you recall, I said that quarantine had caused me to reevaluate some of my circles. Actually, it's caused me to reevaluate all of my circles, really.
2: Has it? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because I think it really brings brings out the best and the worst in people. These circumstances that we're in, Pe- people are put to the test when they're in high pressure situations or high stress situations, and you really get to see their loyalty, their attention span, their focus, what their priorities are, how they're able to adapt, and you really get to see their flaws.
2: Yeah. And then you how get to you decide if you like bored those flaws. or you're, you know, on yeah. your own. Dime your own means. Yeah, yeah, it's a
1: really interesting time to observe people and kind of think about the energies that they have and if you want that commingling with yours. I guess it's sort of like, you know, when you hang out with somebody for a long time, you start to take on their mannerisms or oh, like they'll God, say certain... do I ever. Do you do, you do that? Yeah, I'm
2: taking on your mannerisms every day.
1: What is that thing you always say? <laughs> God, it's not gosh darn. God damn. No no no, yeah. you actually haven't said that's it what in James a while. Says all the time. <laughs> darn near. Oh, it's not darn near. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Have you been saying darn near? No. Am I rubbing off on you? <laughs> Heavens to betsy. No, but
1: that's an example of like something that I would say is a Kevinism that perhaps if it was something different <laughs>
2: It'd be darn near different.
1: <laughs> if it was if it was different, I might darn near steal it. Oh. <laughs> but you do start to take on your friend's mannerisms or speak like they do. So when you're around certain energies, like let's say if somebody's going through something and they're struggling and they're really like in a dark place for a while, you might start to feel like you're in a dark place. You might take on their energy and it starts to affect your life. Right. And it really does become a skill on how to like be there for somebody and be able to like listen to them, similar to a therapist, really, without taking that energy home with you. So you really, at least I've really practiced learning how to not let certain energies affect me. And part of that process was just eliminating them from my life completely, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But let's start by talking about where our friendships were at the very beginning of quarantine versus where they are now. So in the beginning... I noticed
2: in the beginning, in
1: the beginning, there
2: was a world.
1: I noticed who of my friends were reaching out and who just completely disappeared. Did you have that experience?
2: Oh, yeah. I got ghosted so much. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Did you really, though? No. No. (laughs) Kevin, I I, I was probably ghosting, to be honest. Really? Yeah, I was just really enjoying my projects. Okay, okay. that's a point we'll talk about.
1: Um, Kevin has a really solid group of friends that you've known for a very lengthy period of time. Yeah. Whereas I I tend to go through friends pretty quickly and i like to think it's not a commentary on me but rather my learning curve of who to let into my life and who not to
2: right well Um, hopefully you don't go through relationships as quickly
1: i don't and and it's funny because when we talk about how bitches are made they're made three ways through heartbreaks injustices and acts of god heartbreaks or as they sound. Most people, however, think that they come from a significant other, but heartbreak from a friend of the same sex as you, particularly when we're talking about women, heartbreak by female friendships is far more painful than heartbreak caused from a significant other.
2: Like your best friend wrongs you and you've been friends with them for so long. It is like having, you know, your girlfriend or boyfriend break up with you. I don't know yeah. why.
1: I think maybe the truth is like, I think I expect people that I'm dating to disappoint me or hurt me. And I don't necessarily expect it from friends.
2: Right. Yeah, I, I, I th- would agree. With th- that, I think yeah. so
1: I'm more caught off guard and that makes it more painful, I think is, is probably the truth. Yeah. When I really put the microscope on myself, <laughs> yeah,
2: she's like, I thought I knew you, and I did. We've been friends since elementary school. What's going on? Yeah,
1: it's yeah. just it's just like extremely hard with with women in particular too, because everything is just so much more layered and nuanced. But. In the beginning, I did notice that there were friends of mine who reached out and immediately, like my friend Laura, within a day or two of the stay-at-home order, she's like, just checking in on you. How are you doing? And my reaction was like, well, that's sweet, but I'm like, totally fine.
2: (laughs) Yeah, nothing's (laughs) happening. But because she did
1: that, then I started to pay attention to who else was thinking of my well-being. And um, so anyway, so that was one thing that I noticed in the beginning and then the second thing was it's almost like politics which obviously to some degree politics play into this whole matter people who don't share the same perspective as you do with what's going on it creates this rift between you There's because definitely people a just conversation
2: yeah What'd you say? There's definitely a conversation. Yeah, Um, but,
1: and you know how I feel about politics. Like, and this, again, referencing last episode, like I'm an independent. I I firmly believe that everyone should be able to talk about politics, especially if you disagree, because that's the only way we're going to grow and learn is to be exposed to the other's perspective. And by immediately condemning or saying like, you don't like them because they identify with this party is so fucking ridiculous and ignorant to me. I can't even handle it.
2: Yeah, down the middle here, both sides.
1: Yeah. So, and and you can agree to disagree. That's totally fine. But um, I don't think it should end friendships or relationships. No. That just drives me crazy. Anyway, so, which again, leads into the next point I was going to make, people who don't respect your perspective. I'm more apt to be friends with somebody that disagrees with me, but not if they shame me for having the viewpoint that I have. And it's not like, well, you don't share the same as me, so we're not friends anymore. It's you don't respect that I'm different. And that's a problem. Right. you know you don't trust that i'm wise enough to come to my own conclusions
2: right we disagree on many points but the common do we? yeah i thought you know. said that
1: as a joke at first like, no i we think the through line
2: is uh, even if we disagree like we understand each other's point of views and we <gasps> oh you're talking them. about when yeah. we fight
1: <laughs> yeah
2: if there's an argument or something yeah we're we're rational human beings people you're talking
1: about when we have miscommunication problems which is the only time you and i fight
2: uh, yeah, you're totally right-wing. I'm totally left-wing. <laughs> of the helicopter blade, if you listen to the last episode,
1: yeah, yeah it's <laughs> definitely not true. Um, but it's funny to see that the people—it's funny to see who has gone above and beyond to help us, and the people who have just completely neglected our to acknowledge our existence whatsoever. And I know we we FaceTimed and zoomed with a large group of your friends when we had our quarantine date night.
2: Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, I've not
1: yeah. I've not done that with any one of my friends.
2: <laughs> no, and you know, I think that's also a zoom kick though because a lot of a lot of younger people like Straight to Zoom, you know, or business okay, meeting Kevin, type people. Know. Like, you're younger you know. than me.
1: You don't have to rub it in. Oh my
2: gosh, yeah, I love. I can't even name a video game right now. I was gonna try to act young.
1: No, you're definitely of my generation. Yeah. So we're both familiar with Zelda.
2: Yeah, I I keep talking to my uh <laughs> my family though, like my mom and my dad, my grandma and everybody. I'm like, you guys should do a Zoom meeting, or we should have cocktails. And they're like, yeah, that that'd be great. How how do I download the app? Like. Oh, I got to log in. Like, you know, they're just of a different generation. It's harder to meet with your friends. You're very
1: tech savvy. And yes, that tends to be like a generational thing for sure. You and I are of the same generation, but you are particularly tech savvy. I'm not because I, yeah, I would be more like your family in that regard. It's like, I don't want to download the app. Like I'll just see when I see you. Yeah. Like Although gotta set
2: up these two mics and have it actually work with the computer. I know. Like there. this podcast <laughs> is hard enough for me to fucking navigate and yeah.
1: engineer. Um, that there, wasn't a jab.
2: What? That wasn't a jab. It's
1: sorry. Okay, just so you know I keep asking <laughs> Kevin, huh? Like we're talking about it right now. I'm I'm not able to hear him talk through my headset right now. I can only hear me. <laughs> <laughs> so <it's,
2: laughs> We're going to work on that tech thing. There's always
1: some sound issue with every episode. It's like I figure one thing out and the next one's like all messed up.
2: It's kind of fun though.
1: Yeah, it's fun to learn. Um, But I was going to say my family has arranged two different Zoom meetings. Or FaceTime, not Zoom. And I've just missed them because I cannot grasp... The difference between Eastern Standard Time and Pacific Standard Time. What do you mean? I feel like every time they tell me the time, I just assume it's Pacific Standard Time.
2: Oh, so I get on
1: at six, or I get on at at nine o'clock. They meant six my time.
2: Yeah, the conversation's way over, or they're way too drunk by that time. They've been on for three hours. They're just like, no, I think you said it right.
1: No, my family doesn't drink. If they drank, it'd be way fun to show up late to those meetings. That would be hilarious. Yeah. 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 Anyway, sorry.
2: Why is mom topless? <laughs> so have you
1: have you had friends um, check in? Has there been anyone that's called you to check in that surprised you?
2: Uh, yeah, surprisingly, actually, I was hitting up a buddy for like months and months. I wished him happy birthday. Like, I was like, dude, what are you doing? How are you? Radio silence. And then as soon as this quarantine thing happened, all of a sudden, call from my buddy. Like, what's up, dude? How's it going? I was, it made me so happy.
1: That's the interesting thing is because people have more time and limited responsibilities, You, I think this is why I think it's such a great barometer to see where you lie in people's lives. Because mm. now that they have time, there's not an excuse. Right. So they'll either make time for you or they
2: won't. Well, actually, that's really funny because the main people that have been reaching out in my life are past friends, friends I've had from childhood that, you know, we just, you know, busy in your lives and stuff. You don't catch up as much as you'd like to, like talk a couple times a year type thing. This buddy hit me up. It was like we had never stopped talking. Those like, are the best yeah. friends. Not that we stopped talking. But no, just like no an, time oh, yeah. had passed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, another fun one was uh, one of my friends, Diana Bradbury. She is a friend from elementary school. We met in sixth grade and just became best pals, hung out all the time. Like, best friends all of high school, hung out after that. Then we kind of split, went our separate lives and everything. I ended up in L.A. Funny enough, she ended up in L.A. like 10 years later. And she's doing art and everything. And then I moved to the desert. And we really didn't get to reconnect. We'd text and that type of thing. Well, she posted on Instagram, like, all these drawings that she had. Or, like, she was doing paintings and created a website. And is, you know, selling art and everything. And so... I bought one of her art pieces about a year ago, and we made it a point that we're going to meet up to get the artwork, right? My schedule's crazy. Her schedule, you know, never worked out. Well, quarantine happened, and then all of a sudden, one day, I get a package in the mail at the house, and it's the piece of artwork, and it's this cute little note that says, Kevipoo, I miss you. (laughs) Like, here's the artwork. I hope we can actually get together. I hope this didn't, you know... Change us actually getting to hang out one day. Of course it doesn't, Diana. (laughs) If you want cool artwork, go to dkbradbury.com. Really good friend from childhood.
1: That's very And I'm happy
2: to reconnect with her, yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, I definitely feel like Laura... Well, Laura is the friend I've had the longest out here. And she's the first person that checked in on me. And she actually, I think, was the inciting incident, so to speak, as to why I started to reach out to to my friends
2: it was kind of like that push
1: yeah i was like oh yeah that's probably a smart a a nice smart thing to do and so i reached out to like a few people that you know i'm very close to and did the same but again even that made me consider who do i really really care about enough to like actually check in on their well-being which of course then made me start to pay attention to who else was checking in on me and how like I ranked, so to speak, in their life. So I'm sure other people do that too, but it was an interest it was just an interesting thing. Um, because it, it was a time in the beginning where people were really coming together. And sort of like taking care of one another, I, I referenced in a in an early episode we did in quarantine about how people on the Nextdoor app in my neighborhood were messaging their neighbors saying, you know, we have an abundance of toilet paper and paper towels, we don't need this many, please message us if you need it, if you're elderly, we can deliver it to you and leave it on your doorstep, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. So you, you start to see all these things earlier in quarantine. And then as quarantine goes on, you start to realize who you're bonding with in a more intimate and deeper level after being in such close proximity or just, you know, checking in with them periodically throughout the weeks because you now have the time. And then you realize this was the really interesting thing. You realize who you really value and trust by who you're willing to see physically in person and you and i talked about um how we just got tested so that we could have our friends who who you know through me they're they're my really good friends come visit us and one of them was my really really dear friend of many many years and yeah there's no there's no way in hell i wouldn't see him
2: yeah oh we had such a good time and i'm so glad we got tested i'm glad we're negative yeah
1: and, and they had gotten tested too and ever again it's, it's so crazy to me that we even have to say this, but it's true. And we made sure we documented it so no one can question us. But all of us got tested and then were in quarantine until we got those test results. And then we're only at home together once we had them.
2: Yeah. And so you remember I was, I had like a big problem with that. I was not that I had a problem with it. Yeah. It but, was that I'm, Constantly out like I mean Mm -hmm. I go to the store I go to Home Depot like we're we have projects going on. I I didn't want to Offend them or god forbid do anything worse, you know Mm -hmm. by putting myself out into society and then coming back so It just worked out perfect that we went and got the test and then you and I went on a camping trip where we were around zero people Mm -hmm. And then the day we come back, we got to sleep at home. And then next day they showed up and yeah. we got to spend all weekend together. It was but so you, But you
1: really are then able to see like who's like even them. They're like, because they were celebrating a special occasion. They're like, okay, well, if these people value my friendship enough, going to get a test won't be that too painful for them. And from our perspective, it's like, well, we really love these people. Or do we love them enough to go out of our way to make sure that we can see them? So, and you know, that goes with actions speak louder than words. You have a lot of people like, oh yeah, I really miss you. I wish I could see you. But there, there is a way in some cases where you can see them. And how do you do that? I know, I know for a while there were people that were going out and making deliveries to people who had illnesses or were older and they couldn't leave. That, that was really nice too. That shows a level of care, but like I said, there's a lot of friends that I've not seen but heard from. I already mentioned uh, a few of them. Obviously, one of them is my roommate in Los Angeles. it's It's been nice to be able to have a circle of people that have really been there for me, and I feel I've been for been there for, knowing that when this all ends, like our relationships are just that much stronger, and I trust them that much more. Sure. But then there are the friends that we've not seen nor heard from. And rather than naming names, because that's just mean, I wanted to talk about why that might be. We've already said a couple things, like they could be working. Mm -hmm. Some people are essential workers and they don't have the time, the luxury of time like we all do. Some people are really stressed about finding a job that is essential that they can still perform right now to be getting that income. There are some people who I've said a million times, when I'm depressed or in a bad, funky place, I don't want to be around other people. I don't want to talk to other people because I don't trust that the way I'm behaving won't be thrown back in my face later.
2: Yeah, you go into shutdown mode. You stay in your safe place. And, you know, if if you need money and you don't have money and that $1,200 just wasn't enough... You know, you might be a little depressed and may not be wanting to reach out to people, and yeah. you know, have them listen to your problems.
1: Exactly. Um, everybody has different ways of coping, and you have to respect their way of doing it. So, um, and there's other people who also, on the flip side, really enjoy being in solitude, and they're doing a lot of personal work and reflecting or catching up on things that. They're typically too distracted to do, whether it's by work or family members or visitors. Like you always would say before quarantine, you'd have this huge to-do list and you couldn't ever get through it because people would just show up on the properties or call you or somebody would pull you to a different project. So that happens to people. Or one of the other things is we've had a couple of friends who have been directly impacted by this, whether they had a family member who got it and was in a coma or they ultimately passed away. They were they were dealing with the direct effects of this, which I do think unless you are also dealing with the direct effects of it, it's hard to understand. Right. Because yeah. we're all isolated and we're not really there firsthand to experience it.
2: And that's six degrees of separation. If you're one or two degrees separation away from that, whether you're doing fine in quarantine or not, that's affecting you pretty right. strongly, you know. Right. And we're we're all relatively outsiders. I mean, you and I are. You know, we know a friend of a friend or a you know friend of an aunt type.
1: I think I've seen a lot of uh, personalities shift over the course of quarantine as it's progressed and as it's been elongated i think it's starting to really wear on people
2: yeah people are getting restless now they're getting very restless they're like okay i've been a good person i've done everything the government says i'm listening to it i'm wearing the mask i'm wearing the gloves Okay, I'm ready to get back to work. I'm ready to get back to society, see my friends. Like, everybody is anxious now.
1: They're anxious. They're scared. They're desperate. They're depressed. And I think a lot of people that I've witnessed, particularly in Los Angeles, that really have been sucked into this, I want to be famous. I want to be a social media star, a YouTube star, just a star period, like posting selfies. Now it's, there's, It's feeling old to them. There's only so many selfies you can post. There's only so many likes you can get. So many followers. And they're getting more and more depressed.
2: Yeah, and they're getting more depressed because now that's the entire world. Is social media based. Everyone's in their homes, everyone's taking photos. I don't know how many people out there, you see it every single day. I'm sure everybody sees it. Oh, here's how to cook this new meal. Here's how to do this, here's how to do but that. But at
1: least those people are doing an activity. I'm I'm speaking specifically to the people that like all they do on social media is just post pictures of themselves.
2: Oh yeah. It's like
1: More they influencer have
2: influencer type on the not not influencer, but not even influencers because they get
1: paid type. a lot of times to promote things, but just these people and it's predominantly Women, because women like that's how you get the most followers is by showing off your body and how beautiful you are and all that other crap. Because it's not what it's about. I lose followers But I have seen such a spike in those number of posts. During quarantine, and I'm like, "Do you guys have nothing else to do? Do you have no hobby? Do you have no purpose?" And I'm not trying to beat up on them. I'm trying to draw awareness to the fact that that is a problem because yeah. that leads to mass depression.
2: That's what and, they thought their hobby was and what they were good at. Mm-hmm. And now it's and
1: it's like, not fulfilling. Yeah. And I, even I've noticed on my social media interactions, they've lowered. And I think I actually think that that's a good sign in retrospect because it means people are on these apps less. They're actually doing things. Right which which is great um but but I do think y- y- you're seeing these people it's it's starting to wear on them is what I'm saying whether it's a financial stress it's a purposelessness Stress that sounded weird, <laughs> or what have you. I think depression is spiking, and people are not well versed in how to deal with depression. Let alone acknowledge that that's what's happening to them. They don't have, they don't know how to talk about it, and if they do, they don't know who to talk about it with, or they don't have anyone to talk about it with. And isolation certainly doesn't help depression.
2: And that's what's fascinating about this whole thing because humanity in general, Homo sapiens, are social people. Right, we're, we're social pack beings. Yeah, and. This, this idea of social media is a total facade because it's a fake social it's interaction. It's the antithesis of being social. It is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We we need human interaction. We need to see in the whites of your eyes and have an honest, true conversation. Yeah. Not just pictures and like who... Everybody typically tends to post who they want to be so on social media. Yeah, it's true. You know, like this this is my idea of me, so I'm going to post this. But... That's putting up your shell, your wall, and it's not showing your true heart.
1: I also feel like everyone's obsessed with this idea of branding and they feel like their social media needs to be a brand. Like, what's their brand? Who are they? And I think that's what you're talking about. But it's like, it's so funny. Like, social media is such a form of capitalism. It's really just become an online billboard.
2: And it's all free. So why not do it? You know, it's, they're, they're getting yeah. you with ads and everything else. But, but along know, these lines, I do platform, want to tell people. Post everything.
1: If you're not following Derek Huff, I just introduced Kevin to Derek Huff's Instagram. Oh my Instagram. God, he's that, really he, amazing. He's amazing. Yeah. Like I love when people use their social media. Like actually he has killed the stay at home order. He's done such a great job of not letting it interfere with his ability to produce content and entertaining content and yeah. great entertaining content at that.
2: First of all, He's good looking dude. I got a man crush and on him.
1: fucking talented he has as shit. He's got a,
2: a hot girlfriend or wife or whatever. Yeah, I don't know
1: is. if they're married or not, but yeah.
2: I don't know. But they are both talented as fuck and they know how to hook you. Yeah, they're like so every creative. Every one of their posts is genius. That it's so good. is
1: how social media should be.
2: Yes, but is. If you're going to put on a facade, <laughs> hey... Knocked it out of the park.
1: <laughs> and they're even being themselves, yeah. except when they're playing other other people like Mary Poppins. Cool.
2: But oh, wait, anyway. Was she Mary Poppins?
1: Uh, G- his sister Juliana was. Oh, that's right. Um, yeah. But they were, they were doing a number for Mary Poppins in mm-hmm. collaboration with Disney, I think. Yeah, and ABC. they did the Beauty and the Beast one. Yeah, they did a Beauty and, and the Beast one. Kinda. It's really awesome. You guys should follow. his. He's my favorite social media account to follow on TikTok, mm-hmm. everything. He's just and so funny. And I am funny. not a Disney fan <laughs> at all. Um, but, but yeah, so another reason that you might not have heard from people is just simply they're toxic assholes that you need to remove from your
2: life. Yeah. And it's pretty cut and dry there, you
1: know? <laughs> But it's like, if, oh, I
2: haven't heard from them, but I really don't care that I haven't heard from them.
1: Well, I think sometimes people feel an obligation for the time that they've put into a friendship to maintain that friendship, which is not a reason to maintain a friendship.
2: It's not. And that's kind of the reason why I got out of the Hollywood scene because a lot of those I have so many friends and I made a lot of really good relationships, but There are a lot of those fake friendships that you know, it's it's because you're in that Business, you know, whatever that business is the business
1: of playing pretend
2: Yeah, and to just get a one-up on everybody. (laughs) Oh, who do you know? Who do you know? Which is fine. I get it. We've all played the game, but if you don't have like a balance, you know, where, oh, are we actually friends? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I can go out and have beer with you and not talk about the industry. You know? Yeah, it's
1: really sad because Hollywood is so killer be killed that, like, look, th- this is the overall theme of how bitches are made. I moved out to LA and I was like an, a doe eyed, naive, bubbly, optimistic, ingenue. And now I'm. I think they
2: call that green.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and over time I've just gotten hard. And and I will not say the other words that people would normally say like bitter and jaded. I don't think I'm bitter and I don't think yeah. I'm jaded. I think I'm I'm
2: I think enlightened.
1: I'm enlightened. Yeah. I've had experience. Yeah. I'm honest with myself. I'm realistic. I just know how things work. Yeah. And as you get older, you have to succumb to the reality of what is ultimately a business. And it, it crushes you in some capacity, whether it's on a personal level, like you're describing with friendships and things, or even in business relationships...
2: Yeah, I don't think it crushes you. It's just you have to like. No, it crushed in... me. Oh, it did. Okay. Yeah, it yeah.
1: crushed me. I think actually, actually, it was really interesting when I was working on Dumb and Dumber. I realized that the same problems always persist, just on a different level. Yeah, it doesn't matter. A
2: list or your exactly. You know, the pa
1: exactly, yeah. and I was like, oh shit, that's just how it is. And you and I started watching Ryan Murphy's new um, series on Netflix, on Hollywood.
2: Hollywood. Yeah. 1930s Hollywood.
1: Yeah. And I just, I love Ryan Murphy. But what I love most about the few episodes we've seen so far is whether or not it's true to the era, but I'm sure to a degree it is, he's touching upon all of these issues that supposedly were as... As much of an issue then as they are now, if not more so.
2: Right. And And what, you know, maybe was the beginning, the spark of the Me Too movement. Yeah. Yeah. And
1: it makes me feel just as validated as it does completely broken and depressed.
2: Right. All the signs were there. But,
1: no, yeah. I just want I just want people to be better. I mean, I mean like sure. we're we're in a magical business, and I think he had a really really geniusly written line in in episode two or three, but it's like we're we're in the business that preaches. Stories about unity and making the world a better place, and and understanding people's stories, and it's the worst people creating that content. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, and and that's not to say that they're all bad. There's lovely people, but
2: well, they're far
1: and few between.
2: Dumb and Dumber, the Fairley brothers. The Fairleys
1: are amazing. So,
2: but when you're in their tight knit group, I'm sure that's why they
1: have a tight knit group. Yeah,
2: they're all amazing because they can trust each other they, they love each other, each other and they're not dealing yep. with the bullshit of hollywood That's the same
1: thing as like happy madison like you you do have judd apatow's group that is why these these people form their little tribes
2: yeah. you see all the same actors in all those same movies and there's a reason I mean, there is a it reason works. it's true and it's a hundred percent true company. yeah
1: um but they have effectively removed toxicity from their life of course you're always going to encounter it every now and then it's a it, business yeah right the trick is how to recognize it and how to eliminate it from your life and um again we're we're doing a special season which is unscripted of this podcast right
0: now but when season 2 this show is supported by state farm insurance is a part of any solid financial plan Making sure you have the important things in life covered is one of the best ways to give yourself a little breathing room when things go awry. It's important to protect not only your business, but yourself as a business owner and all current and future team members. Talk to your local agent today. And our normal
1: format returns whenever that's going to be. Whenever I can work with actors again. Oh yeah, I wish. (laughs) Um, The focus primarily of the focus of season one was about strengthening the relationship with yourself, and using that to cultivate a more successful life for you, specifically in romantic relationships. Season two is about cultivating success in your friendships and i would i would say pretty much every episode that i've written so far or have half in the can cuz some of it is done mm-hmm. it's centered around friendships ultimately and people coming in and out of your life and it's something as i've already said I've struggled with a lot since childhood. I've had so many different circles of friends. I've, I said this to you because, again, of this topic that we're talking about. Quarantine, showing people's true colors, making me reevaluate things. I said to you the other night, I'll just say it, we were on mushrooms <laughs> and I had a revelation, another one, as I always tend to do, but... No one sticks around. Everyone leaves me, it feels like. And it's funny enough, like a lot of people are surprised that I prefer television over film. And maybe not now because it's a golden age of television, but I've always been more into TV. Mm-hmm. Because you do form a family. It goes on longer. It doesn't wrap. It doesn't end. You don't have to say goodbyes. Well,
2: being on soap operas. And, you
1: know. Yeah, it's just ongoing. And you can always go like even with friends. It went on for ten years, but you can always go back and revisit it for another however many episodes. Mm. Whereas movies have a beginning, middle, and end, and then it's over. And yeah, you can go back and watch them, but it's not that much of an investment. You know. Um, But so I wanted to talk a little bit about that toxicity because it is such a prominent topic in you know the upcoming season, and I just think it's something more people should consider when they consider friendships.
2: Yeah, and I think the revelation you had the other night it was. Based on, you know, your relationship with uh, other female friends, that type thing. And I wonder, I mean, just from the conversations we've had, if it is that growing up as a guy's girl, Mm -hmm. you know, because you are very much that guy's girl. Like you, most of your friends are guys, you know, that you have longest relationships with. And
1: I wouldn't say that. I would say I'm more myself around guys.
2: Right. And that's that's where I think you don't take the catty bullshit of some, no. you know, relationships that girls can, you know, tend to get into. You know,
1: Well, we talked about this a little bit in our episode, uh, Why Men Love Bitches and Relationships in Lockdown, where men think very black and white and women tend to right. think more gray. And definitely as I've gotten older, I've bec- and as I've done more self work, I've become less neurotic, dare I say, but I've become more black and white. And I'm just, and it's, it really is because I've been working on the subject of toxicity and eliminating it from my life and being very quick to recognize when it's there and see through people's MOs. Like it's it, like, people are so transparent. They don't even see it. Yeah. It's, it's so obvious to me. And it, it's been very, very helpful for me to just be like, nope, don't want you in my life. Nope. Don't want you in my circle.
2: Yeah. I'll give you an extra chance. Oh, okay. There's a
1: litmus test you have to give people and it goes back to again, and I hate to sound like a skipping record. Is that, what's that term? (laughs) You don't mean to beat a dead horse or that's not the term I wanted. Or
2: as my friend James would say, I don't want to beat a dead horse to death. And I'm like, (laughs) you don't need to use the to death. The horse is dead. It's
1: retentive. (laughs) Um, No, I meant I don't want to sound like a broken record, but it does come back to boundaries and standards. And so just as I talked about Um, having boundaries and standards when it comes to relationships. You need to have boundaries and standards when it comes to friendships. So one of the things I want to talk a little bit about that just because I think this will be very helpful for people. It's helpful for everybody. So one of the things we always talk about also is that healthy attracts healthy and, unha- and unhealthy attracts unhealthy. So what that means is if you're living an unhealthy lifestyle, i.e. you're not as mentally well as you could be, you're not giving a lot of time and consideration to self-care or mental health, then you're going to be attracting people with the same negative Behaviors or patterns that you have, and as we referenced earlier in this episode, you then take on their energy. It keeps recycling, and you guys are kind of in this vortex. And you're bringing each other down, you're bringing each other up, but no one's ever really happy on their own.
2: It's kind of like that office, you know, uh, banter where it's like, oh, the boss is such a dick, or oh, we gotta right. do this, or mm-hmm. whatever. Oh yeah, I know, man. You know, yeah. and then you just keep going down a hole and down a hole. Down the yeah, and
1: you hole. bring each other down, and then yeah. you're like, why am I so depressed and angry and unhappy all the time? Yeah,
2: and it's even worse when it's in like a friendship. Mm-hmm. So. We're, you know, exactly. Good, good friends.
1: So and that is something that you and I have been experiencing independently and interdependently. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the things that I noticed from my past, which again, I'll get into more specifics via the storytelling aspect of the upcoming second season, uh, there were friends that I used to have and I took on a lot of their behaviors and mannerisms and and um, negativities. So I've developed standards and boundaries for friendships. And one of the best ways to do that is I just posted on the blog at howbitchesaremade.com this post called Manifest Destiny. And I share with you guys an exercise that my therapist gave to me for when I'm feeling lost or uninspired or unmotivated to get back on track so that I can, you know, resume life every day feeling purposeful and fulfilled and closer to my goals. So you kind of want to do the same thing with relationships and friendships it's almost like a laundry list if you will or a grocery list you write down goals that you have for these things like for instance for me I want one to two really good girlfriends that, when I'm in my darkest hour, I know I can call. They'll pick up no matter what. They'll be there for me no matter yeah, they what. Won't they, won't they won't judge me. They won't judge me. They won't hold it against me. Something you
2: don't need to hear. Right.
1: They yeah. won't throw it back in my face. They know whether they just need to listen or give me advice. That is what I want. And so I start looking for those qualities in people. How long have they been friends with their main circle? Are they all loyal to each other? Does it look like a good friendship? Do they gossip when they're with each other? Do they talk about real shit because they have independent lives? That was That is a very big one for me. And, and that bleeds into the other thing I wanted to say is when you start looking for red flags in people. So one of the catalysts for me changing how I sought out friendships was I started paying attention to the, – there was this one – group of girlfriends I had, there were four of us. And it was like all three of us would always pick on one person, the person that wasn't there. And I started to realize, God, all we ever do is talk shit about each other. Yeah,
2: why are we doing that?
1: This doesn't make me feel good. This is not the kind of friend I want to be. And if if what? we're talking shit about people, they're doing it about me when I'm not there. Yeah. Like, what can I tell them? Can I trust them to tell them anything?
0: Because no. a
1: lot of times for me, I work through what I want to do or how I want to handle something by talking about it. The danger in that is whoever I'm telling could go and tell that person before I get the opportunity to talk to them when I've decided how I want to approach it.
2: Yeah, and it's all context. Like, oh, did you hear Rachel said this about Mm -hmm. you? And it's like... Well, that wasn't the context. Like, you know, what was the rest of the sentence? So or that, that, yeah.
1: that And that was like a really big red flag, an easy red flag for me to note. Okay. If people were talking shittily about their other friends. And then I start to notice if I start talking shit, I'm like, Rachel, what's going on?
2: Right. Yeah. Because you got sucked into the hole.
1: Or, you start got, doing
2: it and you're like, why am I doing this? Right. I actually don't feel this way. Like, I just right. kind of got into the gossip manner. Ooh.
1: Or... There's something deeper going on with me that I need to acknowledge that has nothing to do with them, but they're bringing out of me because of an
2: insecurity. Sure. Yeah. So this
1: this requires like when
2: when I heard through a friend that you were calling me awful, and then I was like, oh, <laughs> you she's know what's really great, cute. Kevin? Oh, uh, I
1: have nice. never talked shit about you to anybody.
2: Just to my face.
1: I am very direct, <laughs> but I have not talked yeah. shit about you. Oh. But that's another thing for me. I need to be able to be. And this is probably what you mean when you say I'm a guy's girl. I need to be able to say something to somebody very matter-of-fact direct without emotion. And I need someone to hear it without taking it personally.
2: And that's choosing your friend groups. Because right. a good friend will take your advice or, or want to hear you know that directness. Because they'll understand that you mean it with love or understand or then
1: i'm just honestly trying to fucking save time <laughs>
2: yeah like I don't, <laughs>
1: I don't want to have to over explain myself or like think about how this person's gonna take it it's yeah. too much time and energy and life is too short
2: yeah am i gonna hurt their feelings like, right yeah
1: right and if people are taking it personally i tend to think they might be too sensitive for me that right. mean that doesn't mean they're too sensitive of a of a person
2: they're just in a different friend group right Still can be friends but you know right might not be our people people
1: Right, so so these are sort of the kind of you know stipulations I make when I examine whether or not I'm gonna let people into my close circle. And and here's another thing: you have your close circle, your tribe, and then your acquaintances and your friends. And I say, excuse me, you you and James actually introduced this phrase to me: mm. a reason, a season, a lifetime. So people are for either sure. in your life for a reason to teach you something, oh. a season, or a lifetime. Yeah. And I and I think that's absolutely true. And sometimes when you meet somebody, most often what you should do, I had another friend tell me this, you need to put them in your good-to-know file. For instance,
2: yeah, if you I have a... that from you. I like that. Oh, did you? Yeah. yeah. Aw. Um, I think... I think I knew it, but I like it put into words, you know? Oh. Like I do the same thing, but unconsciously I was like, oh yeah.
1: That was something that took a really long time for me because there used to be friends that would like, I'd be like, okay, let's meet at like 10 a.m. and have a cup of coffee. And they'd show up at 10.30 and I was like, that pisses me off. Like you just waste a half hour. Like So I'd be like, okay, this is my friend I can't always rely on. Maybe they're a person I'm not going to make plans with. Maybe if I'm looking for something to do on the fly, I can hit them up and see where they're at.
2: Yeah, good to know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or there's people that you... Not going to get disappointed by it. Correct. And that goes hand in
1: hand with expectations. So you have to have a pretty realistic expectations for those types of people. My expectations for my inner circle are very different than my expectations for my acquaintances and my outer circle.
2: Sure.
1: I don't hold them to as high of a standard as my close inner circle.
2: You know what's weird? I'm kind of the opposite. Oh, interesting. I mean, it's all variable, but like... My closest friends, they are my good-to-know file because I'm like, I know Yanni's not going to show up on time. He's the guy who works <laughs> with us. Best dude in the world. Never going to show up on time. No matter how much he wants to, he just can't open his eyes, you know, at mm. 8 a.m. Uh, but then one of my acquaintances or something that I haven't seen in a while and, hey, let's meet up and get coffee. Maybe I don't quite know that good-to-know thing yet you know Mm -hmm. and I can get disappointed because it's like dude we never see each other what the the hell are you doing showing up late right
1: right it's
2: it's a weird thing yeah
1: yeah it's super interesting I think one of of the things that I was super excited about this year is because again I've been working on this for so long I had my birthday and I only invited I think like 12 or 15 people and it was just like a brunch at my house and what felt really good was when I sent the invites I was like I only want this to be people that I feel very relaxed around I don't have to worry about entertaining I don't have to introduce them all to each other they're all outgoing enough and
2: they all will get along with each other
1: and they'll all get along with each other they'll all pull their weight and help and most importantly I knew that they would all fucking show up
0: and I didn't get one one. no I didn't get
1: one no RSVP. Yeah. And that was really fucking cool. And it made me feel really, really, really loved and great. And and it was the kind of birthday I'd always wanted to have. It was so weird. Like people were fucking making toast. And I was like, oh, my God. Uh, I no. felt like I felt so loved and supported. And I had never experienced that before. So it was a victory in so many different capacities. But um, I think, you know, during this quarantine, I've I've been reevaluating people, as I keep saying, because... I've been looking at how they, like, their, their true characters just really come out. And I think it just, it makes me wonder, like, okay, should I really put this much faith or trust or time or energy into them? Is it a two-way street? Is this really a partnership? Do I feel heard, seen, appreciated? Do I feel taken care of and safe? It really boils down to do I feel safe? right. But one one of the things too that I've done a lot, which I just invite people to do, if you're if you're kind of like questioning your circle, uh, I was always the one that would invite people. I was always the one that would reach out, and I stopped doing that. And I was like, who misses me? Right. Who do yeah. I really matter to? Yeah, you realize and it's, you're
2: putting out all the effort. And yeah, like, and it's it's not going, a, going,
0: a trap.
1: Going? I'm not like doing it to make people feel bad and be like, well, you didn't do this. No. It's more or less like, yeah. hey. This person's not really thinking about me. Whereas like, okay, yeah. so, so this is perfect. So my <laughs> friends, um, Levin and Laura and Vanessa, I don't talk to them that often. Because they're super, super busy. And every time that we do talk, we're making time for each other. And we're always catching up about what's going on in our lives.
2: Yeah. There's, about anything else. Than yeah. That.
1: Yeah. Okay. It's just... To the point, catch up. It's very positive. It always makes me feel inspired and motivated because they're killing it. And those are the people that I want to invest more time in. Like Vanessa, people ask me why. I get my hair colored by my friend Vanessa. She lives two hours away from me, from Los Angeles, and I... Well, like an hour and a half. And I drive to Ventura to get my hair colored. And they're always like, why? And I'm like, because that's the only time I get to see her. And she is worth the effort because she's that good of a friend. Like, I'd rather put more effort into driving the distance to see her than spend time with any of these quote-unquote fair weather friends that don't actually really know what's going on with me or care about me.
2: Right. Yeah. You know? You, you get more value out of driving an hour and a half to spend five minutes than spending an hour and a half with somebody
1: yeah but I also felt bad I was like why am I prioritizing these relationships where people aren't valuing me as much as this other person that I'm not making time to see that's what happened. And that's where I was not the good friend. So I really did this, again, this reevaluation period where I reprioritized everything. And I think that that's something that people should be asking themselves these questions. It's not like, who are my good friends, but who am I a good friend to?
2: Sometimes you do have to be less selfish. Like if you're, you think you're good friends and everything, but then you realize, oh shit, I'm the problem. Yeah. I haven't reached out to that person. You don't deserve me, okay? Yeah, we're we're right. really not compatible. Like right. it's kind of that relationship like yeah. it's not you, it's me. There were a lot of friends <laughs> when I was
1: taking S factor, the poll, the pole class back mm-hmm. in the day. I had a lot of there were like three girls in my class that that really took care of me in a lot of ways and and even financially when I was really hurting. And I didn't know them half as long as most of the people in my life who would never have done that.
2: Oh, sure. So it yeah. that,
1: that also speaks to something. And I didn't and, and what really speaks to it is I didn't ever feel indebted to them.
2: Right. Yeah. Ever.
1: They never held it over my head. Mm-hmm. Anytime I tried to pay them back, they wouldn't take it. Like they were just so great. And, you know, again, just a good example of people I don't talk to that often. I should definitely check in with them and yeah. I will now. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh I'm just gonna kind of fly through these uh, tips really quick because I don't want to forget anything, but they're not necessarily things we need to elaborate on. So, uh, when you're trying to establish standards and boundaries for friendships, just develop a goals list. As I said, note your behavior and theirs, how you both feel around each other. If you never feel 100% completely comfortable, look into that. Um, seek people with the different and similar opinions. You want people that are going to push you to grow, but that also, you know, come from similar backgrounds and understand where you're at. One of the things I tell Kevin all the time is it's hard for me because a lot of times um, I notice upbringings really affect my friendships. I come from a blue collar background where I work really, really hard and I find a really hard time relating to people that don't come from that background. And it's very easy for me to spot immediately. A lot of times they'll have opinions that to me, I'm just like, you have no idea what you're talking about, but you act like you know all about mm-hmm. this t- topic. And what's funny for me is no one would look at me and think that I come from the background I do. Right. So yeah. that's always kind of interesting. And half the time people don't even bother to get to know that that's my story, which yeah. is even more entertaining. Yeah.
2: Well, people see face value, like...
1: Um, Quite literally.
2: Yeah. You're you're a star, so you must have always had money. No, bitch. I worked for <laughs> Is that how you use bitch? I'm still learning. Yeah, it. that's fine.
1: <laughs> um, so you want to find people with similar interests and upbringings and lifestyles. But again, just with a different story so that one of one of the things I just want to point out, our friend James does do very, very well. And I've mm. told him this. He, I learned so much about other people by hanging out with them with James because James has this way of like interviewing them without it making it, without making it feel like it's an interview.
2: Oh, for sure. Yeah. It's so fascinating. He just loves asking the hard questions, with, without making it hard.
1: Yeah, like, or without being oh, like inappropriate. Do you like
2: sucking dick? Like, oh, what, <laughs> well, that's what's how your he and I thing about this yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We we
1: are very dirty with each other. Yeah. Um, and then one of the things that's really important is communication skills. You need to, and that goes back to me saying I'm very black and white. I don't, I don't want people. I don't want to waste time, and I don't want people to think I'm being brash or mean. It's like just don't don't take it personally. I had to tell our friends recently. I'm like. I feel more hurt by the fact that you weren't direct with me because it implies you felt I couldn't handle it. And in trying to preserve my feelings, you actually hurt my feelings. Right. I'd rather you just say, I fucking hate this. And I'd be like, cool, let's move on. Exactly. And that's part of part of being a bitch is having a voice, not being afraid to use it, and not being afraid of the backlash or resistance when you do.
2: Yeah. And <laughs> you, can, you can be a bitch where you're kind of that bad bitch you know not you just in general like people can do that you know and ask you a direct question it's almost intimidating and it takes you back and you're like okay stop coming at me no
1: there's a way to ask something communication and be aware enough to where you're not offensive right you just have to be aware enough and what I always try to pound into particularly girls minds and this is where I've really followed in the footsteps of a man is just don't be emotional when you say something just say it without emotion that takes the sting away, for the most part. If I was like, I hate it, as opposed to, I hate it, that is very, very different.
2: No, I think there's emotion in all that.
1: You think there's emotion in all of that?
2: Yeah, yeah, because I hate it. It's very cold emotion. That's like anger emotion. Oh, Whereas, so funny. Like, well, you are more sensitive emotion, than I am. You know? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I can feel emotion there from my way. away.
1: Well, and so this is why I usually preface things.
2: Oh, yeah. Somebody stopping at a stop sign a mile away. (laughs) They rang.
1: Uh, That's why I preface things. Because I know I tend to say things and it can come off very cold. So I'm always like, just so you know, I'm about to be very blunt. But this is exactly how I feel. And then I preface things when I want people to give me feedback. I'm like, no, no, no. I can handle it. Just tell me. Right. But anyway. Um, Okay.
2: That's a good way to take emotion out of it, though. Because you are just, It's true. That is true. I'm telling you exactly what's going on.
1: So with regard to recognizing when toxicities in your life, just start examining what your interactions with people are like, what the conversation tends to center around. How do you feel when you're with them? Do you feel you can actually be yourself and be uncensored? Um, observe who their friends are. Do you like them? Do you think that their friendships are questionable? What does that say about them? One of the big red flags also that I have that I want to point out is when someone doesn't have their own boundaries, which is something I didn't used to have, I would divulge all the information about myself way too soon and people hadn't earned it yet. That is a sign of someone not having boundaries.
2: Was I... calling yourself out or was it just no, insecurities no, no, no. It was, about
1: no it's literally just just me it's like hi I met you oh my god I just sucked this guy off last night and like I mean that was never the case yeah. for me because I'm demisexual
2: but yeah. you know but you were calling yourself out about last night
1: no <laughs> you would just like tell people information they hadn't learned like oh my grandma just you know got out of the hospital because all this happened but you right. like just oh met god. them yeah. they don't they don't need like they haven't earned that yet
2: that's fascinating though because I feel like a lot of people do that with a us.
1: ton of people do that all the time oh yeah. look people and I'll, I'll repost this on this episode but i have posted it before mm-hmm. my therapist gave me a boundary sheet and half the shit on there you don't realize are a sound of a sign of broken boundaries Right. and then when you see it you're like oh shit and then you start just seeing it is enough to make you start to be aware to implement the boundaries
2: you know what's so funny i think my boundaries are so up in a lot of ways that I don't tell anybody shit. You're the only person that I have like conversations with. I mean, yeah, on my this ex- podcast, my I guess was, a lot of people hear it now, but you know.
1: My ex-boyfriend was like that too. And I reference yeah. him specifically because I think he was the first person I met that was like that. And I thought it was so weird.
2: And now you've kind of And now I'm like, oh shit, types. he had it
1: figured out. Yeah. yeah. And then the other big obvious red flag for me is when someone calls me, this happens to me so much people call me their best friend and I'm like, I've known you a week. I've seen you twice. Right. That's fucking weird. Yeah. It's like, I'm not your best friend. And what does that say about you? Whether yeah. how you consider best friends or how little friends you have. So those are just some, and, and by the way, if you are that person, that's, that's fine. But like, look into that. Yeah. You're not the only person that is like that. It's just a sign of broken boundaries. Yeah. Um I, so, I
2: kinda take it as if somebody calls me their best friend and then they have a bunch of best friends, it, it loses all. It devalues. Steam. Yeah, 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 for yeah, sure. It Sorry about my dog. It.
1: That sounds like he's puking in the background. He's not. He just doing, has heart disease. Um see, there was a perfect example of me saying hey, something you that don't sounded have to tell cold that. and non emotional.
2: They don't need to know.
1: <laughs> and then like, do you find yourself getting into fights with friends? If so, what are they about? How often are they occurring? Do you feel valued? Again, we're going to get into the specifics in season two. But I had a very tumultuous relationship with someone I fought with all the time. And it was always about the same thing. And it was always like... I think Brooke said it was like trauma scaling or something like that. It was like comparing or measuring.
2: Was it personal? Was it business? No, it it was
1: if ever... It was both. It was if I had... If I was going through something... It was devalidated because whatever she was going through that was vaguely similar was always worse. Oh, so I had no oh. right to be upset or have any feeling about what I was going through.
2: Oh I have people in my life like that for that's sure. That's
1: not o fucking K. Yeah. That is a big, big no no. Yeah. Um and then or when
2: that's that's also the type of thing like, oh my god, my dog just died. And then somebody's like, Oh yeah, my dog died last year. He was uh-huh. so cute. He oh was only god. nine years old. It's like All right, you had your time, like my dog just died. This Dude, is terrible.
1: This just happened with me with somebody. Did it? I have no idea who it was.
2: It's shocking that mentality to me. Like,
1: I, it was just a dream I had. I literally can't remember because we've been in quarantine. I'm like, who could it have been? Yeah. But that did just happen to me, and I noticed it right away. And I was like, red flag, bye. Bye. <laughs> um, and it's again, it's, it's you're not being mean. You're not being a dick. You're just self protecting. You're protecting well, yourself. Know.
2: Yeah. Those people don't know they're even doing it. No, they, they don't. But it I'm it saying you shouldn't lives.
1: feel bad if you look at that person. What I guess I'm trying to say is you're not being judgmental. You're not. You're being precious with yourself. There is a difference. um so once you've effectively noticed that toxicity is in your life you're aware it exists how do you effectively remove it okay so there are a lot of discrepancies and disagreements people have their own ways of dealing with it what mine is personally is my belief is that i'm in my mid 30s most people that i'm interacting with are also in my mid 30s you are a grown adult human being it is not my job to change you or to teach you anything about life so if you do something I don't like, I put it in my good-to-know file, I take a step back, and I proceed with caution and however I need to navigate my life to be my most happy and fulfilled. I'm never going to have a conversation with someone and be like, you really hurt my feelings because of this and that. I will do that with people that have been in my life for a very long time. Right. Av- would
2: understand it and... Be open to a conversation. Yeah,
1: and it's, like, worth the investment to resolve and talk about. And also, if they've been in my life for a long time, odds are they're not going anywhere. They'll be very receptive and communicate in a very similar way to where we can have resolve. No one will be offended. Like, there shouldn't be, like, insane fucking drama. I see so many girls, like, have so many fights, and I'm like, I just don't know. Like, no, I don't. That's drama. That's not growth and yeah. like effective adult communication. <laughs> you're in
2: your 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s. We're not in high school.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's not just like, you know, I'm cutting them out of my life. There's no forgiveness. There's no room for error. Again, I just choose who I want to work through something with.
2: Yeah. And sometimes just posing that and telling them what you're frustrated with or anything. Maybe it's all miscommunication. We right. don't know. Maybe they right. will be like oh my gosh, I didn't know you felt that way. I didn't mean it this way. Like maybe it came off wrong or maybe you understood it differently. Yeah. Like communication people. Yeah, it's I guess so that important. that's
1: actually a good point you bring up. I think you have to really understand what is toxicity and what is miscommunication. <laughs> right. Honestly. Yeah. yeah. Um,
2: I, I think at the point that, you know, if you guys have been friends for a long time. Right. If it's a newer one, might be toxic. Who knows? I don't yeah,
1: know. right. I think... It's just important overall to summarize to create a safe space for yourself by knowing your limitations and limiting expectations and really again, like treat treat your friendship circle like it's a club. Who do you want to let into that VIP area and who can't get in?
2: Yeah
1: because it should be that precious. yeah, I think
2: a uh, big thing that I've had a problem with in the past you know a couple months, especially with quarantine and everything is balancing the friendship with business. Yeah, that's a hard one. It's a horribly hard one. And sometimes, like you said, managing expectations is a big, big thing because we all have big goals. We all have big aspirations. We're all in it for the best of the best, and we want everybody to succeed. Nobody knew this was going to happen. And those expectations then can turn negative. You know right. when money's involved when things aren't going right and you know If you got to do something over again, or you're you're adjusting to a new plan because well, the original plan doesn't work Expectations can ruin a lot of things. Well
1: expectations lead to disappointments which they lead do. to resentments. Yeah.
2: yeah Yeah, and if you're good enough friends everybody's understanding it right. it sucks It is what it is But, but Everyone you know. should
1: know how to pivot and not take it personally.
2: Yeah, exactly yeah.
1: I I mean, as you know, when you and I met, I was dealing through my own thing, which I cannot fucking wait to share with everybody. But I had my own issue with uh, personal friendships bleeding into business. And that was a tremendous, if not the biggest life lesson I have ever learned and the single biggest catalyst for how I've really looked at friendships.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's how bitches are made, baby.
1: That that is how bitches are made.
2: Yeah. (laughs) But. (laughs) Tag
1: it. Okay. So, um, and, and on those lines, just to kind of wrap up this whole friendship thing just because you cut somebody out of your life or you don't see them for a while doesn't mean they're not going to come back. People are always in different places in life. There are different circumstances that you cannot necessarily relate to. I had a lot of friends that got married and then I stopped talking to them because I didn't understand it. And now that I'm in a relationship with you, that's a very good, healthy relationship. I see the dysfunction in other friendships of my friends who are single that my former single friends must have seen in me. And I get it now and now I relate to them again because now I'm in a different place and that's perfectly normal and that's perfectly fine. Everyone grows and evolves at different rates um, based on their experiences and their age and on maturity and all that other stuff.
2: Yeah. Try to find the good in people. I mean, you know, what you loved originally and If they still are that person, you can still connect with it. Right. You just have to find
1: a way to not, again, let their energy affect yours. And once you get very good at that, it becomes very easy to do. And recognize when you're running on low and take a step back and remove yourself until you're full again. And then you can put yourself in that position to be there for them.
2: That's a big part. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you get more mad when you're tired you know, if if I'm tired, I I get agitated. And I'm like, oh, wait. And
1: that is to bring it full circle. That is the thing I want everyone to keep in mind with quarantine is sure. We're exposed to different sides of people's personality, but it is not indicative really of who they are because this is such a unique, unprecedented situation that everyone is struggling with. And, um, it's, just it's not indicative of who they are or the kind of friend they are necessarily. In some cases, it certainly can be, but um, it's really important to not take it personally. I had something that happened to me recently where I thought a friendship of mine had been completely altered, and then I come to talk to that person and find out it has nothing to do with me. And I'm like, oh, they're really going through it. They just never expressed that to me, so I wouldn't have even have thought about yeah. it. I thought everything was
2: fine. They needed time, which made you anxious. But mm-hmm. when you finally got to read. Like, but once oh, they told uh, me
1: they needed time i was like okay cool like communication. communication um so i think that you know we just got to keep in mind to not take it personally and how we can best deal with the hurt that anything during this time has caused us once we get out of it and um that that's something i think we're not really going to be able to figure out until we're we're done with this but mm-hmm. Anyway, um, the people that have become better friends during quarantine, uh, the reason I think, first of all, I think that that's beautiful and amazing, and I think the reason why that is is, um, again, you see that people are really thinking of you and your well-being, not just your company. It's it's more of a, as you said, it's more of like a selfless display than it is a selfish display.
2: I feel I feel like I've had some really good conversations with the people I have talked to because. The way the world is. It's, it's a different perspective in yeah. how we've ever talked to each other. It's like, what the heck's going on?
1: You know what's funny is my, new, my newest neighbors in Los Angeles across the hall have reached out to me a lot, and I've reached out to them a lot. And actually, really we, nice we had an expedited friendship because of quarantine,
2: hey, which a is bunch really of, cool. Your birthday, a bunch of people made toasts. They made cake. They did. That's dissipated. pretty incredible. It's true. They His business them.
1: actually is really taken off. Yeah. He just got to open an industrial kitchen because he's been so successful during quarantine.
2: Really? Yeah. Uh, he deserves it. Yeah, he really does. He makes amazing food.
1: Um, you see their vulnerability in people. You really get to know them better, whether it's because you're stuck in quarantine with them or you're you're having deeper conversations on the phone. There's no distractions or preoccupations with self-image. You bond over shared passions or hobbies. Um, You learn and grow through struggle. You learn more about a person's psychology. And then you, again, you observe the things that they've done for you that have been genuinely, truly kind. They bring you food. They send you links to info that might, you know, make you feel better, give you information, things they know you're struggling with. They send you links to help you with. Our friend James was constantly sending me links for, like, loans to apply for and things like that. They sat in quarantine so that they could come and see you. They made personal sacrifices. Those are really great things. And it's a really great time to see who makes you feel great and who makes you feel forgotten or rotten. It's a barometer, as we've said. And I think, ultimately, both of those things are are really, really great things. Um, good to know. They're good to know. Yeah. And just keep in mind, everybody, you deserve the best. So that's all you should ever settle for. So... To wrap up this episode, we're going to do quarantine in the news and follow-ups to last week. So um, I was telling Kevin, I put on howbitchesaremade.com for week five in quarantine the article about the woman in Texas who reopened her salon and was fined. How's she doing? Uh, Yeah, here's the follow-up. So I actually learned about this when I posted it to um, the website. You can read the full article, but basically the lieutenant governor... His name is Dan Patrick. Vowed to pay her fines, which was $500 for each day the salon was open, totaling $7,000, and volunteered to go under house arrest on the condition she be freed. So that was quite interesting.
2: Stand up, guy.
1: Yeah, he stood up to the judge, Eric Moyer, because he did not agree with his ruling. So that that was pretty cool thing for him to do. Like I said, you could read the full article on the website. Um, what else? So, I had written this on our outline for today's episode before I actually found out it had happened was this new proposal for a higher stimulus check? Uh, I heard that it was going to be two thousand dollars a month for six months after the stay at home order had ended, but then we saw that the actual proposal was for a whopping twelve hundred dollars. Yep,
2: um, another round,
1: another round yeah. of twelve hundred. Yeah,
2: which is. Kind of shocking because 60% of the people in America haven't even received the first round.
1: Yeah, that's that's right.
2: What yeah. did you say about Canada? Canada yeah, so I had, again, like also
1: heard, I don't know if this is fact, mm. I had heard that Canadians were getting $2,000 a month.
2: No Just, questions asked. No questions right. asked. Yeah. Just,
1: here's $2,000. I don't know if they have like an unemployment thing like we do, but again, as I referenced last week, what i have observed in my own unemployment benefits is it's just coming out of my overall benefit faster it's not an additional allowance now that remains to be seen maybe they're going to put it on the back end so to speak
2: yeah they're going to extend it possibly but you know
1: i i prepare for the worst and hope for the best it's
2: you know great thing and the worst thing about democracy nothing can pass unless everybody agrees on yeah and this is just a a proposal yeah
1: so it's not even, oh, yeah, here, I pulled it up even. Proposal, you get a $2,000 stimulus check every month. Um, two House Democrats want to enhance $2.2 2 stimulus dollar package known as the CARES Act, which is what you pulled up today that now says 1200
2: Yeah, and $3 trillion act. But okay. It's broken so so more
1: money, yeah. but less money less for us. Less money
2: for people, yeah. I don't know how that works out. Didn't read it. I skimmed. I'm sorry I I was a subject reader on that.
1: Well, according to this, it says. That the eligible Americans would receive two thousand dollars in cash per month guaranteed for at least six months. These monthly cash payments would continue until the employment to population ratio for people ages sixteen and older is greater than sixty percent. The sense. monthly cash payments would not count as income, and the monthly cash payments would not adversely impact anyone's ability to qualify for an income based federal or state assistance program.
2: So you don't have to pay taxes on it, or right. the payback, it's nothing like that. Right.
1: And then it's a grant to every would, person. It said who's eligible is with a $1,200 stimulus check. Not every American would be eligible. The people that would get a monthly cash payment under this proposal would be every American adult age 16 and older making less than 130 grand annually, and they would receive $2,000 a month. Married couples earning less than $260,000 $260, $260, $260, would receive at least $4,000 a month. Qualifying families with children will receive an additional $500 per child with funds capped at a maximum of three children. But I don't even know if this is the thing anymore. This was published on April 15th, so obviously a, a lot can change within that time frame, and it has. Um, but yeah, that's the latest there.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, Are we almost to the memes?
1: I'm almost to the memes. Okay. Yes, I know Kevin's very excited. His mother sent him one, and my mom, you know, she actually didn't listen that's to the cool. podcast today that went that was released, but she Good came wonder. through in the clutch. Yeah, I was like, did? did you listen to the podcast where I blame you for not providing me with any material? <laughs> she was like, no. Wait a um, second.
2: Did she send um, this one to you? She did. Oh, okay.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one's not one of my favorites, but It's not it. mine either. Mine yeah, just it's sent it to me too. You know, she was just scraping the bottom of the barrel
2: there. Yeah, yeah. Scraping the bottom of something. <laughs> ha ha. The uh, bottom of the barrel.
1: You'll understand that joke, folks, if you go to howbitchesaremade.com. It's uh, just a <laughs> bunch
2: of dudes with masks on their butts.
1: Wait, I was trying to generate traffic. You ruined it.
2: Oh, guys, I got you. I could
1: Please. edit that out, but I just don't want to work. <laughs> okay, so the There's other thing I had to go on here was that I don't know what Kevin said. A lot of times I re listen to the podcast. I'm like, I didn't know you said that. It's probably the cans on my ears. Um, May 15th and the extended stay at home orders. Uh, I'm going to try to find out a website for you guys to find out what your county's restrictions are. Because they are different for every county. Um, I know Ventura County in California has extended their stay-at-home order through the end of May. Mm-hmm.
2: There just is, go to your county website. Yeah. Middle, uh, yeah.
1: Well, we, for our county, San Bernardino County here.
2: Yeah. SBcounty.gov. We,
1: oh, that's not even where I went. I just went oh. to the local radio station. Oh, They've yeah. got all the latest things, including a stabbing Whoa, that happened 7. nearby.
2: 7. That was terrible.
1: That was really terrible. Yeah. I really wish I didn't say that. but um,
2: <laughs> I really wish you didn't say that. So look
1: <laughs> up what your county restrictions are because they could be different. We just found out we are not required to wear masks in our county anymore. We don't have to do that, but we are still not able to run our Airbnbs, which, again, is very strange to me. Mm. Uh, businesses, can, Jewelry stores can open, but we can't host people in our own homes.
2: I told you. I understand it. I do. I'm annoyed. I know. Do you want to know my understanding? Of I told course you I do,
1: especially if you disagree.
2: Uh, businesses are opening, but like if you have Los Angeles, right? Businesses, there are opening up for the population that they know are in the census. Oh yes, you did say that. So it makes sense that all these business or all these people can go to these businesses because they know how many people are in that demographic. But once you allow travel, that screws it all up. LA, you know, on any given day, I don't know, LA County, 10, 13 million people, but with tourists and everything. You got 20 million people, you know, and that just overloads it. Six feet separation, all that crap. No, you're right. I get it, but I want to open the Airbnbs too. I do, but I I do kind of understand it.
1: I mean, it's really a win-win because if we can't open it, we're just going to be doing more projects. Ooh, Ooh, this would be a great segue to the next thing I want to talk about, but we're not quite there yet. I hate when this happens happens a lot. I should probably just go with it, but I'm not going
2: to. Should we plan to to start something in the next like little bit? Yeah, we'll talk about it
1: in five seconds. So just make sure that you're very clear on what your county's restrictions are, because they're different. Ventura County is different than Los Angeles County. Los Angeles might follow suit, but it's different than San Bernardino. And that's just in Southern California. And that's like, what, three of however many a million counties there are. And then this was just something I wanted to point out that was annoying. I tried to Google coronavirus news on Google, and all it came up with was bullshit. Oh, I, I'm sorry. I put coronavirus news, like U.S. news, mm-hmm. and all it came up with was bullshit pop culture shit. And like Because like that's what we value as Americans.
2: Oh, for sure. Just like
1: shit that's going on with celebrities. It's yeah. like, I, I don't really so care. So-and-so
2: got her lips done, and you know, this person. It's like, give
1: me real news that yeah. I can chew on and share with people that need to be educated or want to be educated um okay so let's go into our quarantine memes and feel good stories all right all right so um this is the first feel good story the blue angels fly over chicago to honor essential workers that's pretty dope chicago illinois the blue angels the famous oh my god i couldn't read that have you ever had that where your brain just doesn't work Aerobatic Flight Squadron, squadron created by the U.S. Navy nearly 75 years ago, plans to fly over Chicago on Tuesday to lift spirits and pay tribute to first responders, healthcare workers, and other essential workers as part of a national tour. In recent weeks, the squadron has flown over cities in Florida, Texas, Louisiana, Maryland, Maryland, Pennsylvania, Maryland, (laughs) Pennsylvania, Washington, D.C., and others. The Navy has been sharing behind the scenes and in the cockpit photos and videos of their flyovers via Twitter. Oh, come on, guys. Twitter's so over. Um, I'm just saying if they want to hit a wider
2: audience, wait, the blue angels, uh, I grew up going to their races, like watching the plans I didn't know stuff. That. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, uh, Reno is so close to Top Gun. Oh, that makes so sense. So Top Gun, yeah. We were like, oh yeah, we're right next door to them. But, uh, are the blue angels the ones that just fly over in unison or are they doing cool tricks and shit? That I cannot like, wing answer. To wing. Yeah, I cannot yeah. answer that based no, no, no. on my either knowledge. way. It's a cool thing that they're doing it in many different. It's cities. very cool. That's,
1: you and I can read yeah. this full article um, I just don't even know how long this is going and I feel I feel the pressure to wrap up
2: All right right. <laughs> Two um, Plus hours. We're shooting for it.
1: Even though Joe Rogan like does three-hour podcast. Oh, he does three and four. Yeah, hours. but he's so much more interesting than me
2: Yeah <laughs> <laughs> definitely I'm not even offended so much more interesting than um, all
1: of us so they were they're scheduled to fly over Chicago this morning actually Detroit and Indianapolis which is very cool that's, that's nice it's fun to see um, okay some other quick ones these are from a while ago I just kept forgetting to share them a Texas family hosts prom on the porch when the big dance is canceled due to coronavirus uh, and then they even crown them both prom king and queen which wait is very were they cute. next to each other? Um, Actually, let's read this now. I'm curious. (laughs) One thoughtful family in Texas wanted to ensure that their high schooler would still get a chance to enjoy prom this year, even though the annual dance had been canceled. In lieu of the big event, her folks threw a prom on the porch bash, and the senior student was even crowned queen of the night. Like many other school events, the school called off the highly anticipated big dance, determined to make the night special for the senior student, Grayson, the Chapman family from Sweetwater. Oh, I know that place. Hosted a prom on the porch party that evening. Grayson thought it sounded a little cheesy at first, but she was so excited to be able to get to dress up after all and go out on her and go to her last prom. Oh, I guess she it was just with her family.
2: Oh, okay. So there wasn't it wasn't on FaceTime. That's down so or anything sweet. Like that.
1: Yeah. With respect for social distancing, just seven family members, Mormon <laughs> or Catholic. With respect for social distancing, just seven family members, just seven. Oh, they're Catholic. It's Texas. (laughs) They're like just seven as opposed to the 15 most Catholics are known to have.
2: I think the Mormon family that I grew up across, I mean, across the street from me, we had a Mormon family. They had like 12 kids. Really? It's crazy. Yeah. I think most Mormons
1: I grew up with averaged like four to seven.
2: Yeah. I might be exaggerating, but I don't think so.
1: I grew up in a very Mormon area. Yeah. 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 My first love was a Mormon. He didn't love me back because I was not of faith.
2: Yeah. That makes but
1: sense. then I told him I'd convert. Yeah, he didn't go for it.
2: I'm glad, and that's why I love you now.
1: Don't worry, guys. I dated him two more times into my mid twenties. Oh, was <laughs> so this? He Matthew? became a, what they call a jack Mormon, so he like basically renounced being Mormon. And well, he's the he could hippie, date right? Me, so he did. He's
2: the hippie, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's
1: the Good. one that you remind me of, which yeah. sounds so <laughs> terrible.
2: You're you're it does the sound terrible you. you're the
1: perfect version. You're the. Per- I've told Kevin this so many times. He's the best parts of all my exes. But yep. Matt, Matt was the quote unquote one that got away. Yeah, yeah.
2: But I'm not a Mormon. I'm a moron.
1: No, you're not. I'm more on than you are Not. <laughs> um. Okay. So that was her family. What else do we have here? Well, you know, I got enough memes. Hey, we'll, we'll let sh- me tell my
2: story here. <laughs> um,
1: okay, go for
2: it. So I was talking to my mom earlier. We actually stopped on the podcast because I was like on the phone with her trying to get a reference or whatever. And she's like, oh, my gosh, quarantine's been so great to me because I've been getting all these presents from friends. And I was like, this is really funny because that's kind of what we're talking about right now. Mm-hmm. And she's been getting stuff on her front sto- uh, stoop. Yeah, yeah. You were gonna
1: say stoop and porch, but That's it may have come to. out stork, which would yeah. have also been the storch.
2: Yeah, yeah. On the front storch, she got like you know, she's gotten flowers and balloons, and she got like flip flops, all sorts Damn, of crap.
1: Popular. But- she sounds like she's the prom queen. Jesus.
2: Yeah, but in the middle of all this, she just started laughing, and she was, like, showing my dad something, and I was like, what the heck are you doing? And she's like, oh, I got this really funny meme, like, you know, it's not that funny, but, like, I had to show your father, and I was like, tell me what it is. That's what we do at the end of these podcasts. I want to share it. And she's like, okay, great. Uh, so this meme is by, who knows, uh, it's by Jeannie Barrett, because okay. she Jeannie took Barrett? a screenshot of it okay. without the my handle on the top. My mom that, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just the white and the black writing, so original Jeannie barrett um it says the quarantine is the quarantine has strained many marriages but for some of us it's actually enhanced our relationships i'm lucky to have the most loving wife last night i woke up while she was holding a pillow tightly over my face to protect me from covid 19 (laughs) that's so sweet love is still out there you know
1: probably won't do that to you
2: hey if you're protecting me baby thank you it's good
1: (gasps) (laughs) you're funny My mom sent me one. Um, Let me find it. Okay. Just think, people who kiss their dogs, knowing he licks his ass and balls, are in a panic to buy hand sanitizer.
2: Wow. Truth.
1: (laughs) I'm not. I'm not afraid of germs.
2: Hmm.
1: Build immunity. Okay. I'm very opinionated. I am not afraid of dog assholes. What? What? (laughs) I guess I'll hear that one back later. (laughs) Uh, I want to save this one last because I want you to come around the computer and look at it. It's very funny. Okay. Okay, so this is one I meant to share a while ago. Hugh Jackman shared it on his Instagram. It says, Hannah's class had a Zoom session each evening. Last night, she got really sad and kind of shut down. Today, her teacher came over and hung out for a bit. They chatted, read books, and just talked. This woman has five kids at home, and still, she sat in my driveway for an hour to make sure Hannah was okay, you all. And it shows the teacher reading a book to Hannah, who is sitting more than six feet away from her on the sidewalk. It's super, super cute. Um, and Hugh Jackman reposted that to say, it's unofficially think your teacher day. Um, okay. he goes, yep, I made it up. Well, Jesus, there's a day for every, everything else. Why not? Uh, okay. This if is where f- can make up a day. Huh?
2: It's Hugh Jackman. Yeah. Anybody can make it up. He's great. Yeah.
1: Uh, this is a picture of, oh my God, how good am I at this? Am
2: I coming around for uh, this one?
1: I'm not good. What's the What's the lead? No, no, no. It's okay. You don't have to come over. Who's the lead guy on Family Guy? What's his name? The character's Peter. name? Griffin. Peter. Peter. Yeah. So it's Peter Griffin. Griffith? Griffin. Griffin. Yeah. And Homer Simpson. Se- side note, I just find it funny that they create cartoons for grown men.
2: Right. Just, oh yeah.
1: Which just proves that men, boys never grow up. No. Oh. Could you imagine if there was a, a cartoon for girls? If girls still watched cartoons.
2: Oh, I think there is. Big yeah, Mouth. Yeah, you're right. It's The Bachelor. Okay. Uh, big Mouth. <laughs> that's a that is a weird coming Oh, I've heard that's actually age, really like, good though. Yeah, it's raunchy but great. Yeah. And they make reference in the end that it's like you've basically just been watching child pornography if this was live action. And you're like oh shit! (laughs) you You know what?
1: I think there's going to be actually a lot of adult cartoons at the end of this quarantine because the only thing that you can make right now are voiceover things.
2: Yeah. Actually I've been seeing a lot on Netflix. It seems like they are taking old interviews and stuff and making things with yeah. animation. We just watch something. You well, know. my
1: manager was telling me, cause I have a voiceover agent theatrically and commercially, and I, I'm auditioning all the time, two or three times a week at least. Right. Cause I have the equipment to do so because these people are like, yeah, please submit us your talent that has the ability to record in their own studios because they just want you to do it. Right. And I've, I've, you know, when I was doing the Clorox and wipes, mm. um, I was connected to, like, New York, so they have the ability to, like, direct you.
2: Oh, for sure, yeah. yeah. So
1: fascinating. Anyway, okay, so this is a picture of Peter and Homer. And they're they're wearing, like, it basically looks like what Jessica Simpson wore in the Dukes of Hazard. It's, like, Daisy Dukes and, like, you know, a crop top tied up in mm. a bow between the boobs. And they're walking with burgers in their hands. And it says, everyone getting out of quarantine and heading straight to the beach. Like...
2: I look funny. great.
1: And that was shared by that. That's actually so kind mean. of how
2: I came home tonight.
1: Yeah, it is. You're yeah. always with your top off. Yeah. I love it.
2: No, I took the motorcycle back here, and I don't know why I had a craving for ruffles and French onion dip, and I didn't have room in my bag on oh, the bike. That's right. So I had ruffles under my shirt, tucked in, you know, so I don't lose them on the ride. <laughs> and I walked in and I was like, This is your new life, baby. You were That's like, honey, I'm home from a hard
1: day of work. <laughs> except except I didn't even look at it and I was like, oh my God, stay right there. You look so hot. And I took a picture. <laughs> I'm
2: so stupid. So weird. I'm
1: such a dude. Oh, I um, love you. Okay, so anyone who's watched Tiger King will appreciate this next one. It's from Black Hole Marrow. And it's a picture of someone's porch. It's got two chairs and a table in between them. And on one chair, it says yes. On the other chair, it says no. And in the middle, it says, did Carol Baskin kill her husband? And they ordered a pizza. And the delivery guy had to leave it on one of the chairs. (laughs) And of course, he left it on the yes chair. Oh. (laughs) Really funny. And then the last one's the one I want you to come around here. All right. Murphy just snored. That was funny. Can you this sing is me? this is memes for over. days, 2020.
2: Come on over,
1: baby. come on over, come on. Just kidding. That's right. Oh God, it says thought he was wearing a mask. What what do you see when you look at the picture?
2: Oh my gosh! He's <laughs> looking down, and oh, that's funny. Yeah, okay. I didn't even catch it. I
1: know. Okay, you know so, it looked
2: like it, like a censored bar.
1: Yeah, yeah, part. yeah, that's yeah. Oh, how funny. Yeah. Okay, so this one I don't <laughs> want to spoil for you guys. So this one you hmm. will have to go to How Bitches Are Made. Go to the podcast references week six. And you can see this in the meme section. It's an optical illusion. It's really, really funny. You think you're looking at one thing, and then when you read the caption, you realize you're yeah. looking at something else, and it's totally quarantined. Is it a themed. blue
2: dress or a gold dress? It's
1: Oh, my God. Is it that a lamp or a bikini? Yeah. But this is really, really funny. Um, okay, the last thing we're going to do before we say goodbye is announce a new project that Kevin and I have been working on and we're really excited <laughs> to share i don't know why i, I love I did that the voice, voice. is Thank that the you. new voice for it? i don't know i think i'm just feeling like squirrely
2: yeah well <laughs> i'll give you a hint it has something to do with like my appetite for and sure.
1: where most people rest their heads at night
2: yeah and kind of what we like to do all the time yeah you know yeah it's called food shelter sex
1: oh no, you forgot the and
2: Food. No. Oh no, it's you're right. There proof. is no and. Oh yeah, my where god. did the and come from? I, I don't know. I, hey, I don't know. A I got work flustered. In I yeah. got flustered. Oh. She always gets you know. A little Whenever I hear the word sex, sex, I just get ooh, so distracted hot and discombobulated. Body, baby. <laughs> so we got this new um, project we're working on, food shelter, sex. Uh, one thing we've been doing in quarantine is we have been making a lot of food. Oh my god! Just I'm like so all the people, glad. I was glad I thought you were going to say we've
1: been making a lot of love, and I was like, Jesus, yeah. please don't say that. I hate. Yeah. That term. And I told my therapist that she's like, we
2: should really talk about yeah, that. You got a problem. With... We've been making a lot of sex, okay? <laughs> None of it love. Uh we've been making a lot of great meals. As I was just complaining, everyone's doing it. So yeah, we're right. kinda hypocrites on it. But But
1: in all fairness, we came up with this concept two years ago.
2: That's true. Yeah.
1: Two? Yeah. One. Two.
2: Year and a half. Let's, we'll let's compromise. Call it a, sure. Yeah, great. It's called it a buck fifty. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we've been making a lot of good food. We of course build properties and that's kind of like our day to day routine. Yep. Um, and then uh, the sex part is the adventure of it all. Yeah, Whether it's it not is you're not gonna hear
1: about our sex happiness. life. I mean, I'm not gonna lie, you might from time to time, but you know, we're we're not gonna make it uncomfortable for you.
2: Yeah. But we kinda to sli- I mean, solidified okay, it's this.
1: We'll make it a little uncomfortable, but like pleasantly so. Well, we'll expand your horizons. Yeah,
2: we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. You tell us your comfort zone. Well, we might have like you can tell me after... your comfort
1: zone and I'll make sure I cross the line. <laughs> That's right.
2: We might have an after hours version as well.
1: Uh, no, but he's right. Hey, the, the sex is really 900 about... 900
2: numbers still thing? I don't think so. Oh, we can't do it then. Okay. Um, but tell yeah, the,
1: the sex part is more of like the thrillist adventure aspect. And also because conversations with me typically lead back to sex.
2: Yes, yeah, that's, that's kind of how it all started. We were having a meal in the house that we just kind of finished, and uh, somehow the conversation always goes sex. It's,
1: yeah, I think we were talking about threesomes or something with James.
2: Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah.
1: I'm not into them. Yeah, never luckily happened. it never, never happened. happened. Never yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, But I think we kind of solidified this, not only because of quarantine and kind of riffing on how bitches are made, but... Also, we've had time to take a step back. We got to go on our first camping trip mm-hmm. uh, together, which was really great. We've been cooking out at the fire pit, um, doing, you know, meals on the pit and catching up on, quite frankly, a lot of personal projects with the houses, with that yeah, type of stuff yeah. um, and re-evaluating, reevaluating our relationship and mm-hmm. kind of checking in a little more. And we thought it would be time.
1: Yeah. I mean, this was something I think we wanted to wait until we could like execute perfectly. And people have just been like, and I sort of thought this on my own too when quarantine happened. I was like, oh my God, this is the perfect time to do it because food, shelter, sex is all about, it's all you need. Food, shelter, sex. It's the basic essentials of life. And in quarantine, that's kind of like what we're being forced to do is really get in touch with our primitive side a little bit get creative. Um, but Kevin and I are both outdoorsy and we, we like to adventure and we like to explore and, um, we like to share things with people.
2: Yeah. The funny thing is we do like to share things with people, but we also like not being on technology, not doing Mm -hmm, that stuff. Right. And somehow we've been taking photos and like making little videos and stuff, but just for ourselves. Right. And we've, we've gained so much content, which is so funny because We'll literally film a video and then set the phone down for the rest of the night. Yeah, you know? right. And it's been so funny. We we look back on it and we're like, holy shit, we got a lot of content. Like, yeah, it's... I went
1: through it today. I think there's like 17,000... <laughs> Not yeah. 17,000, sorry, 1,700 pictures and videos. And yeah. and yeah, if like... Uh,
2: that's months and months of stuff. Yeah, that, you know, like, you of... know,
1: just renovation things, things that we find inspiring, um, upcycling of furniture, recipes, yeah. secret trails or camping spaces, our favorite equipment, just all that yeah. sort of things we're going to share will, with we, you guys. we and,
2: love that we think that, you know, yeah. you guys would like.
1: Yeah, and right now it, it, it exists on social media. Uh, you can follow at the Kevin Barrett and at the Rachel Melvin. That's what we're showing on our profiles and our stories. On like
2: Instagram. Yeah, yeah on,
1: on Instagram. Sorry, yeah. And eventually, you know, we'll have our YouTube channel and um, we'll be sharing more and more content. And yeah, who knows what it'll turn into, but we, we kind of have, you know, big goals and yeah. aspirations. And I, I'm really excited to share with everybody.
2: Yeah, we're doing it for ourselves, but we're doing it in hopes that everybody else likes it. And yeah, let and gets us know inspired do. to do the yeah. same.
1: Yeah. So um, that's it for this week. Mm-hmm. So I we just want to remind you guys that you can follow us on Twitter at Habam Tweets or on Instagram at HowBitchesAreMade and Kevin is at the Kevin Barrett on Instagram and on TikTok.
2: Oh my gosh, I just set that up.
1: Yeah, I set up my TikTok too a while ago, but I haven't posted mm. anything yet. We're going to yeah. get into that and explore.
2: Uh, we also have the at tiktok i don't know what the heck it is is it oh at? food sh- oh yeah, food we do have at food
1: shelter sex on instagram and at tiktok as well and yeah. we will be building a website eventually too yeah it's um, not
2: quite there so yeah we'll... it's food
1: shelter sex.com but if you go there right now there's there's nothing there yeah
2: so you're not even going shelter, shelter yeah or, or sex yeah no. you can't order food yeah it's not like grow definitely pub. not yeah. it's yeah. not gonna happen
1: Um, but thank you guys so much for listening. We'll see you back next week with something else that's interesting to talk about. And until then, take care, be safe, stay safe, and have a great fucking time.
2: Yeah. Have a bitchin' day. Have
1: a bitchin' day. Bye, guys. How Bitches Are Made is written and produced by Rachel Melvin.